And we are back, Running Lifestyle Culture. Um, it's coming to the end of the summer. It's uh, hopefully cooling down where you are. I know it's cooling down where I am. Um, and we're getting some rain and things are starting to change. It's probably going to start to become marathon season. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can give you some insights on this next episode of Running Lifestyle Culture. Um, and I hope you're well. Um, please give me... A moment to welcome person who I'm really excited to have on this podcast. Um, we've met recently through our work with Nike. Uh, this person talks so passionately about um, running, running mechanics, and really does um, speak a similar language to me when it comes to that scientific endeavor. So I want to welcome Andy. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Manny. Uh, yeah, thank you for being here. So nice and cute words. I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, they're all true. They're all true. I promise. I didn't rehearse them before the podcast, but here we go. Before all the people who don't know you, Andy, who are you and what do you do? Just give us a background. Um, you gave me a really good background when I spoke to you about this before. So yeah, who are you? What do you do? Uh, yeah, so I'm Andy. Um, I met Manny through our uh work with Nike. I'm also a Nike running coach uh, based in Berlin. Um, it's not so cool here right now, actually. Yeah. So the heating and I hope that the heat is not melting my brain for today's podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm working uh, with Nike as a running coach and also as a strength and performance coach, um, working as well as a per personal trainer, um, working in general, just sort of general public, um, making people strong, uh, making people last in runs or just last in their daily life. Um, also was working in the past with a rugby team, um, doing the preseason with them. So doing proper strength, proper strength training and uh, running and sprint mechanics, more of the sprint, less of the running. And yeah, and apart from that, I'm actually a student. I'm in my master's in biomedical engineering um, here at the Technical University in Berlin. And I'm going to finish them hopefully soon in one or two years. Let's see. Uh, nice. And yeah, that's, that's what I do. Nice. That's a nice, well-rounded uh, summary. And where, where did you study? Like, what did you do to get to a point um, with your qualifications? Um, yeah, so I started studying after my after graduating from high school, um, also in Berlin. Um, started first with um, economic engineering. Um, but after a couple of semesters after two or three semesters I was like well I don't care about economics and yeah. I did all the engineering classes all the mechanics classes mecha mechanics statics kinetics and then in the end I was like well I don't want to do this so I actually switched my bachelor to um, vehicle engineering so I have a bachelor of, of science in vehicle engineering and then I was like okay well um, either we can go into autom automotive engineering and work in the German automotive industry, but I didn't really see myself in there because mm -hmm. also parallel to my bachelor, I was also um, already starting to work as a coach. So I'm coaching since six years now or seven even. Um, and I really wanted to combine somehow combine engineering and coaching. And it was a bit too late to start medicine. I mean, of course, I could start a medicine uh, studies but this would take a lot of time <laughs> and then I went okay well um, let's do medical biomedical engineering because this is somehow the combination of medicine and engineering and my studies they're really technical driven so we study how to um, 
I don't know, how to create, for example, systems to support your heart, so stuff like this. But there's also, for example, a module Maxi, I really want a class I want to take about exoskeletons. So this is also where I find somehow the missing link to sports and the, the training. And in the last couple of years, I would say it started three years ago or two years ago um, after a back injury um, where I kind of, I don't know, I actually don't really know what happened. Um, it's not a discrimination, but none, somehow no one knew how, what, what, what was wrong with me, but suddenly I couldn't move um, anymore and it had super much, like a super heavy back pain. And this took on for months, actually, and no doctor could help me. I was an MRI scan and everywhere. And then actually I went to a chiropractor and he, um, yeah, he, he, he told me about his friend who is a movement coach. And he could help me because my problem was not some joints or something, but gym movement in general. So I started working with him and he kind of introduced me to the art of biomechanics, um, what it is. And I really felt what uh, influence it had on my body because I really felt better and I was able nice. to move again. Yeah. And since then, I just started to have this huge interest into biomechanics um, and also seeing just like the parallel between my bachelor in engineering where we started mechanics a lot. I mean, not the mechanic of a human, more of a car or a system, but, you know, the same forces apply. So, yeah, this is how I'm trying to find my links. Nice. So that was going to bring me on to the next question, which is what is your passion? But I think you've told us what your passion is. And um, I'm the same. I really do love biomechanics. I would say that my uh, one thing that I find is that biomechanics can be influenced by you know a person in the system so in medicine we like to talk about something called um, the biomedical model which is like the medicine the biomechanics and then there's the biopsychosocial um, side of things so like the person what they believe their emotions stress anxiety so um, what are your thoughts on uh, biomechanics and how it fits in into the world I guess I think that's probably one of my questions I wanted to to get from you but actually before we go through that question let's just let's just explain to the listeners for people who don't know should we explain together what biomechanics are i guess that's yeah. probably where we should start sure yeah i think that that would be a good idea for me um biomechanics is somehow the study of mechanical laws um who are relating to movement or the structure of the living body um this could be a human an animal Maybe even a tree, I don't know. Does a tree have, have a biomechanics? <laughs> Not my field, yeah. but I guess. I guess there could be because obviously the way a tree grows against gravitational yeah. pull, um, there could be yeah. some biomechanics that could be, some laws that could be studied there. Yeah. So it's really like a combination of the mechanics and then anatomy and physiology. So you have the mechanics. I mean, if you live on planet Earth, the main um, con a construct you have here is the gravity so you have always this force i mean gravity is not really a force gravity is actually an acceleration um combined with the weight of the human or a, an object this makes it a force um so you always have this so you always will have this force um which is ha which has an effect on the body um and this is for me the root of biomechanics um because without gravity i don't think I mean, also without gravity, you have force biomechanics of movement, but you don't have, for example, the biomechanics of running would be a much, much more different one without this gravity force. What yeah. is it for you? For sure. I think, I think yeah, the biological, um, literally break the word into two, right? The biological and mechanical um, aspects and the these kind of like, 
moments you know there's a there's a term in bio in biomechanics called moments and all these moments these these points at which we watch somebody move um, we can break that down into a mechanical and a biology biological um, concept and understanding and I would say that uh, we, we talk a lot about things like levers so your arms are lever your legs are lever and it's just focusing and identifying how those things all interact but then also um, you've got that the same thing that happens in animals or in nature um, so I think you know in terms of the, in summary it's the for me break the word into two it's the biological and mechanical moments that we're trying to look at and mm. how how those happen in the world and I guess like are there specific things that you know, in terms of the way you see biomechanics in the world, like how they interact, are they specific things that you're really interested in? And are they specific things that you are like, actually, this is something crucial that we should be understanding, Andy? Uh, yeah, I mean, you have this huge credo in biomechanics, position dictates function. So if a position of bones or joints, if the position changes, the function of the whole system, the function of the movements and tendons, can be changed completely um, to good, but in our modern world, and when we're talking about people, more to the worse. I mean, um, I think for me, a good example there is um, because I, I was, I, that was me, so this is actually my own example. Yeah. Um, because when, when I had this back injury, um, what my biggest problem was, I won, um, my lower back was into the slumber extension um and i think i got i mean i, I used to be a more a competitive athlete and a lot of athletes are in this hyper extensive state um and actually this guy this movement th a therapist slash coach um he actually lied me down and was like yeah just start to breathe deeply and as soon as i inhaled actually my belly button didn't came out but inside like i kind of like inhaled and um tucked my stomach in and he was like, okay, wait, um, this is not right. <laughs> and actually when you're breathing, um, I mean, you have to diaphragm, your, your biggest and most important breathing muscle. And as you breathe in, the diaphragm goes down um, in, into your, like into the space where your organs are in your stomach. And yeah. I mean, all those organs have to go anywhere. And that's the reason why your stomach blows out when you breathe in. Um, because I didn't do that because I don't know why my body was like, nope, we tuck the belly in when we breathe in. Um, for example, for the body, breathing is the most essential thing. So the body will find another way to breathe. Um, and for me, it was breathing into the neck, into my shoulders, um, where I was super stiff all the time. Yeah. And this is, for example, this is like this, just an example for this, um, position dictates function. So just because the position of my diaphragm was changing because I wasn't allowed, I didn't allow it, it to go where it needed to go. Um, the whole function of everything just changed. Yeah, for sure. I think breathing is becoming uh, a really uh, discussed topic recently. And I think stress and anxiety has a lot, a big influence in, in our breathing cycles. Uh, this takes me back to my days working on the hospital wards as a physiotherapist and you know, having to, to educate people on their breathing pattern. And um, I, I definitely agree that we do need to probably have more conversations about breathing. I think the, the ability for us to um, increase our, um, you know, ventilation can have some really good benefits to our performance. So yeah. definitely something in terms of biomechanics, I'm, you know, I think we need to deep dive into and it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, One question to you, I have. Um, what was your first 
contact point to the biomechanics, to the world of biomechanics, and when? Uh, so in 2000 and wow, this is a long time ago. <laughs> I'm showing my we don't age count now. COVID as years. <laughs> I'm showing my age now, but in about 2012, I I I was doing a, a undergraduate in sports therapy, and, and we discussed uh, mechanics and mechanics of movement. And one of the one of the most important things I was really interested in was um, the the kind of the gravitational force on runners and trying to understand that and ground direction forces um, and peak ground direction forces on landing. So those were the two things that I started to understand. And initially when I was studying, it said that, you know, peak ground reaction force was a really bad thing. And, you know, if it's really high, it's really bad. And then we've decided, you know, research has moved on and saying that maybe it's not how high it peaks, but maybe how long it peaks for. So if, if you have a a force that goes into the ground. So your foot goes into the ground, the ground reacts back into your foot. And what we need to think about is maybe not how high that peak is and how big the force is. So it could be maybe, you know, just pick, picking a number here, maybe 120 newtons of force or 300 newtons of force. Whatever the number is, it may not matter how big that number is, but it may matter how long that number affects your body for. Because running fast and running is all about putting that force into the ground and multiply that by your stride and your stride length and that will make you a fast efficient runner so i guess my my biggest thing was always working out am i wanting people to put lots of force into the ground or they and how how do they manage that what's important um so that was the way i started to um kind of approach and explore biomechanics and um it still continues now um and i guess my other question to you would be um, from what you're saying about position and how that can influence the force production, what do you think about some of the running mechanics of some elite athletes, which maybe don't look typical, they don't look biomechanically um, perfect? What do you think about that? Mm, I think that, that Mother Nature knows what she's doing um, in creating people. And the, the thing is with biomechanics, um, the, the main principles are the same. I mean, the same gravity applies to all of us. But people have um, different of different weight or different length of um, length ratios in legs and arms and the whole body. So there are people who have longer legs or longer limbs or just a longer upper leg um, and so on. And all those ratios um, really influence the biomechanics of the person. And for some people, some people they might look weird <laughs> yeah. if they run, but um, if they run how they just naturally would run, um, and of course, if they're pain-free, I mean, pain changes everything, but if they're pain-free um, and just running how they would run, um, this is a great running technique for them because for some reason, the biomechanics are perfect for them in order how they're running. Yes, I, I think that we, we can have rules and sometimes we can have techniques and look at trying to create efficiency, but... If somebody is really performing quite well and they they have yeah. good um, you know they have good movement for them, we may not need to to change yeah. it per se. Um, I mean, for this is also the biggest um, example I have because I get this asked constantly as a running coach. Yeah, I know people a lot uh, a lot of people are running on the front foot. Um, should I also start doing this um, because this is associated with being a faster and more like bouncy runner? Um, and I'm like, well, you can try it and just 
look or like just feel what your body tells you. To, um, for example, when I did modern pentathlon and running is a big part of it. I mean, we're running four times at 800 meters. So it's quite intensive, hard to not running. Um, I never, I never did uh, front foot running um, because I was just like getting pains in my Achilles tendon and my whole bones actually, like everywhere. I got pain in every joint of my leg. And this was like, okay, well, this is not for me. And I'm just a middle foot runner when I'm running super, super slow. I'm yeah. just running on my heel, heel you know? Um, and I think just to understand that this, that those, there are people who are perfect front foot runners and who can't, because just their biomechanics is like this. Maybe they have a better or a stronger Achilles tendon or some certain ratios are different and they can do this. Um, and I think this, ha everyone has to, or it, it, it makes life a lot of easier just to understand, hey, I don't, my run doesn't have to look like your run um, because we're just built differently. Yeah, for sure. And I also think like we need to consider that mechanical tension and mechanical uh, stiffness of, of tissue that changes. Um, so what that means is that as long as, as well as your levers and how your foot looks and how it lands, deep inside your body, you have tissue which stretch and these, this tissue needs to stretch and tolerate the stretch over a long period of time. So if, it, if they can do that, if they can tolerate this stretch over long periods of time, they can become, um, basically, we, 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 we kind of use the term of like, they are able to adapt to the to the to what you're asking them to, and they can do that and need to do that over a long period of time, so they can get to a point where you can run on your forefoot yeah. if that's what you need to do. But it doesn't happen overnight, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say because your yeah. tissue need to be tolerating yeah, that not, load. Yeah. I mean, it's especially we're talking about bone and tendon tissues and joints um, because muscles. I mean, muscle they adapt pretty quickly. Um, that's not the problem, but really because I had I have also so many runners coming to me um, after six to ten weeks of running and they progressed it super hard, especially in lockdown when basically everyone started to run, which is an, an amazing thing. But they were like, okay, first round two k, second round six k, third round thirteen k, and I was yeah. like, well, yeah. um, not working like this because yeah, as you said, the tendons, um, the bones just need so much more time to adapt. Yeah, and if if running was swimming, I think we would um, we would be all okay because no one goes gets up and goes. So I'm going to swim five k today. Then tomorrow I'll swim six. Then tomorrow the next day I'll swim eight k, yeah. and then the next day I'll swim twenty k because we just know that's not it's not possible. Yeah. But because running sometimes is so accessible, we do um, just create these different uh, times and dates, or you know abilities and, and distances. Um, so yeah, I find it really interesting. So what do you think in terms of when somebody has an injury uh, or wants to improve their performance, what do you think the key is with, with biomechanics and how do you think um, biomechanics can help them? Um, so let's talk first maybe about the person who already has an injury. Um, and let's i mean of course if an injury is maybe a the tearing of a muscle this can have some biomechanical um, issues i mean it will have because somehow the strength of a muscle was not enough for the force which was applied um, for example if that happened during an accident well this is an accident you can't really like this happens um, but if a person has an injury which is reoccurring or getting chronic especially with you have this with joints or tendons which are infl inflamed i mean you say inflamed um Sometimes it's an inflammatory issue, sometimes not. Um, but with knowing the proper biomechanics, you can actually come to the 
roots of the injury. You can really understand why the injury is there. Um, what I found in my experience as, as an athlete and also now as a coach, um, because I mean, I had uh, a lot of injuries back then. I mean, patella, patella syndrome when I was um, younger, when I was 11, 12, 30-ish. And then with 16, 17 shin splints, uh, which became chronicle and also one of the reasons I actually stopped doing modern, modern pentathlon. Um, we treated them. I mean, we went to um, ultras. We had like ultrasonics treatment and ice and physiotherapy. I mean, like manual just massage kind of thing. Um, also quite painful. But this never treated the, the issue, the, the root of the issue. Um, so actually, it became, of course, chronicle and it didn't go away. And back then, um, somehow, no one of my coaches and my physiotherapists I had I have seen back then they knew about the biomechanics or the reason for shin splints, for example. And now you know, okay, well, you have to see if your um, tibialis anterior, like the front uh, muscle on your lower leg, is like too active or too inactive, and then treat it that way. Um, and I think just by understanding the biomechanics, it really helps you to get out of a chronic injury for good. Yeah, and, and we know that uh, gait re-education with this type of injury is good, so trying to re increase uh, someone's cadence, um, and yeah. then in terms of uh, their foot contact as well, there is some evidence that shows that if we can get you uh, running a little taller, using more of uh, your midfoot or forefoot, it's, it's super crucial. So yeah, there's definitely some important things there. So biomechanics can be really useful in that injured athlete especially shin splint so yeah thanks for bringing that one up nice and nice and easy one for us to discuss yeah how, how about performance what would you say in terms of performance and yeah you know you talked about that foot strike and not changing yeah. it too quickly and i think i agree with you and then are there any other things that you would say in terms of biomechanically yeah but let's say on the foot let's stay on the foot because i mean of course you can also look into the biomechanics what your arms are doing but i think the foot and actually the contact between your foot and the ground is the most crucial part in running because this is the, the spot where the forces work and where this is the reason why you can run from A to B because for example if the ground wasn't there and it was for example ice or something you wouldn't be running anywhere so um, if you have I mean we're just talking about holding a certain speed not accelerating because the biomechanics and acceleration are a bit different um, but in holding a certain speed um, your foot should be placed on the ground right beneath the center of your body mass. So if you place your foot in front of you, you actually stop. <laughs> so you actually stop your running because I don't know, maybe you know cartoons where when I don't know a horse is stopping, they just go like this with yeah. their with their feet to the front. And this is actually what happening. What's happening if you strike the ground too early in front of you, then you just generate a force. I mean, the contact force from the ground is not working with you, but against you. So you're actually slowing down. Um, you're, you're spending way too much energy on your run. So to increase your performance, you should really like um, get the point done where your foot hits the ground. If your foot hits the ground way too back, like too much, uh, way more back than your center of body mass, you simply just lose energy. Um, so yeah, this is, I think, really crucial. And I can understand that for new runners or people who who are new to the sport and maybe also experienced runners, it can be quite difficult to see like where their foot is, where their foot is actually landing. So I would advise everyone either to get a coach or um, just to take, just to film yourself. Um, maybe have a friend who can bike next to you and actually really do a slow-mo film, or you do this on the treadmill, although I don't really like treadmills for other reasons, 
for like for the beginners um, because yeah you can talk about it maybe later but yeah I think it's good just to have this on video to see okay wow here is my foot and here should be amazing You've just answered the next question, which was <laughs> how can people better understand what biomechanics mean for them? So, yeah, I think that's a brilliant one. Just getting yourself to um, get somebody to record you running side on. Um, we know that we'd like your uh, foot to be underneath your hips and that's good. Um, but, but just make sure that, you know, you're, you're nice and tall. And, and if needs be, maybe send your, um, maybe tag Andy and I on social media and we can have a look at your running. That's a great yeah. idea, actually. Yeah, that's a great idea. I yeah. Mean, yeah, you can also film not only your foot, um, you can film basically everything. Um, also go. arms, uh, the tilt of the whole body yeah. and so on. <laughs> so so if, if you're new here and you're listening in, my, my Instagram is at Manny underscore O and then Andy, what's yours? Uh, yeah, my Instagram is at uh, B underscore uh, Andy <laughs> underscore G. <laughs> so those are our Instagrams. If you would like, we would have love to have a look at your running technique. Love to, you know, create a, maybe we can create a little kind of reel of all the people who tag us and show you what we're looking for and how your foot needs to be placed underneath you. I think um, the the running assessment it can be a useful tool but we don't need to get too caught up in it especially sometimes if you know we've got new pain or we've had old pain for a long time we need to make sure we're doing all the other things outside of a biomechanical assessment so um, i think sometimes we can get too stuck on thinking that it's something to do with our running technique but we don't look after our you know our sleep our nutrition our mental health our diet so we we need to make sure we're doing all the other stuff as well as well as changing our biomechanics and exactly um, i listen to not only the not only the biomechanics because sometimes for injuries the biomechanics is not not the reason that it's off but maybe if you're getting not enough sleep or drinking too much alcohol or simply just consuming um shitty food just too much inflammatory food your body doesn't because after every run your body has like mini injuries like this micro injuries and this they're fine um but your body needs time to rebuild them that's why also you should have some rest days at some point yeah. <laughs> and if you don't have rest days or if, if you don't sleep properly or if you just have simply too much stress going on i don't know um family or work or friends or whatever your body um cannot take the energy out to re recover your tendons because something much worse is going on maybe your body is sleep deprived or too stressed and in, in this stress state um your body doesn't think about repairing a tendon yeah for sure so yeah chris chris brummer is like a researcher who's looked at running techniques and he's talked about the overstride like he just mentioned and then the hip um drop and um, he, he kind of mentioned that running is all about those micro traumas that you just actually said. So you have a trauma, then your body is, is, is offloaded and you have a rest or you run slower. Uh, we know that running faster creates a higher energy. So sometimes more of a trauma depending on what the tissue is. So that's super important for us to also understand. And, and also, let me just to yeah. interrupt you there. Um, also, not, not only the bi I mean, Biomechanics is not only how we move, um, but also the equipment we work we are working with. So the shoes, or maybe also the socks, um, and also the ground. Because as you just um, said, okay, it's about how much energy is abs like absorbed from the body. 
Um, if you run on asphalt in the city the whole time, this is much more stress to your body um, than, for example, running in the woods, running in the forest. And this is also something I tell um, all the people who I'm coaching for the Berlin Marathon right now, um, because, I mean, Berlin is a city and, of course, we have parks, but the, the ground isn't really soft in a park. Um, so I tell them, yeah, may, may, well, be, maybe for your long runs, just go out in the forest for a while and just give your body a bit of a break because, I mean, the training load is quite high. Um, Berlin Marathon is in six weeks, seven weeks, something mm. like this. Mm. So it's not only, I think, uh, thinking about biomechanics is not only thinking about yourself, but also the environment you're in. Yeah, terrain, hills, all those kind of things. And the sessions as well, just thinking about the tempo and how you uh, plot your sessions. So... Uh, doing interval sessions or things quite close together can really challenge you. So think about that. Um, thank you so much for that. I really feel like people will get something out of this. I hope you have. Um, Andy, that was amazing. Like you have really unpicked everything like I wanted it to be unpicked. And I hope people um, really start to understand about running technique i think i've been on a little bit on social media i've been on a bit of a mission to talk about running technique over the last few weeks and and months i'd say you know running technique is very unique it's like your fingerprint um and just make sure you bear in mind all the other things and just not focus in on that one thing which is the way you run um Andy, I've got Manny, do you, do you, one question um do you have a, a tip or um, maybe an advice for people who want to educate um, themselves on running technique or running biomechanics because I, I mean Instagram can be a really great tool for education or a really bad one um, depending on who you follow and what your bias is but yeah do you have an, an, just advice for the new, new, new people people who are new to biomechanics out there? Yeah, so if you're new to biomechanics, what I would uh, urge you to do and suggest you do is really deep dive into podcasts. So um, podcasts can be really, really useful. Um, so there's a there's also some eminent researchers. So um, somebody called Chris Brummer, which I who I mentioned before. So it's his, his first name's Chris and his surname is Brummer, which is B R A M A H. So he's he's a he's a quite eminent researcher in running uh, biomechanics. And there's also um, Brad Neal, who is a friend of mine, who's done basically. A lot of the research around patellofemoral joint pain, so pain around the kneecap, um, he's uh, probably one of the, yeah, he's produced, I think, over 20 articles on it. So he's really, really, you know, well-versed on it. Um, but I would also urge you to seek professional advice. So this is quite a specialist-specific area, and there's a lot of um, false positives. So something that we, we would say that, you know, it, it, we worry about, but actually we're worrying about it, but it's false. You know, maybe somebody's knees collapsing in. So Preska Cheptu, her knees collapse in. And that could be something we might look at on a treadmill of somebody running and say, we're worried about, but she's been doing, she's been running with that technique for a very long time. And the person we meet let's, may... Yeah, let's do another podcast about the knees collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why? Is that, what, is that a real topic that you, you're passionate about? Um, I mean, yeah, and you have this, um, first is the wording. I mean, when you, when you tell your clients or any person your knee's collapsing, they're thinking, oh, what the fuck's happening to my knee? It's collapsing. It's like falling apart. Um, and yeah, I mean, and this also as well has something to do with the biomechanics and the structure of, of your body and your bones, basically. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is also something you could talk 
Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, the, the Chris Brummer, the researcher, also talks about it, calls it the knee window, and quite a lot of researchers and, and people have talked, talked about it, the knee window. I think, it, I think it, it can be a false positive, so it can be something we really need to worry about, but then it can also be a, a, um, a false positive. So, you know, it can be, it can be um, something that we, we're looking at and trying to find, but may not be crucial for this specific person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, I think research your podcast, do some digging into who the person is you're going to see. Um, and, and really, yeah, there's also YouTube in terms of finding the researchers on YouTube there, they actually have some podcasts and some things, some information out there. Um, and yeah, I think just, just investigate deep dive. Instagram is not the only place in the world where you can get information. Um, is there any way you get your information from specifically? Andy? <laughs> yes, I, I read every morning. I read the Instagram live ticker, what's happening in the world. And okay. this is the only app I use okay. in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, of course not. I mean, what, what actually what I think Instagram is good for um, to just to get um, like bits and pieces of keywords. You can then use on I don't know PubMed or any like if you if you're in, into reading uh, studies, um, you can do this. Um, I think to become a good coach, you don't have to read every study there is. <laughs> um, there are a lot of also like um, review studies. So they actually review 10, 20, I don't know how many studies. So or reading just scientific articles like this um, mm. and also podcasts. As, as you mentioned, there's in Germany, there's a pretty good podcast. I really love. I mean, it's in German, though. It's called MTMT podcast. Um, there's, it's some guys from Munich. Um, they're not so much into running biomechanics, but into I mean, they're former strength athletes. So really into this biomechanics of um, weightlifting, um, bodybuilding, powerlifting. I mean, they, they are not bodybuilders or powerlifters, but um, they come out of this world kind of. And I mean, in the end, the biomechanics are the same because we are people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think those are really nice. But as I said, they're in German. But no, they're no. worth learning German, actually. <laughs> if you've got some time, if you've got some spare time. Amazing, yeah. Andy. So I've got one last question for you. Um, on the podcast, we always have a track of the week. So have you got a track that you really like, that you want to recommend people go and listen to? And I'll put a 10-second snippet of that track. Oof. Yeah, this track. is good, right? Track of the week. You didn't tell me that. I, I know. A little, a little surprise. A little surprise. You know, people don't like making decisions. <laughs> yes. Um, actually, the track I really love listening to um, while, while running, especially like while running a bit uh, faster is Acid Twerk from INVT or Innovate. Okay, um, those are actually friends from mine, they're of mine. They're living, they're from Miami, but living in Mexico City right now. Cool. Um, also coming to Berlin this weekend. I'll send it to you so you can include it. Good vibes. <laughs> Andy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Um, this has been Running Lifestyle Culture Podcast. We've been breaking down biomechanics. And here is Andy's 10 second snippet of her track.